This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 321, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, November 11th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 321. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and today we're taking a look at comics that came out Wednesday, November the 11th. Uh, this episode's going out on the 19th of November, the day before what I have affectionately termed Jessica Jones Day, as I've joked to my wife all week. I am taking the day off and uh, hoping to uh, get the entire show uh, watched and done while my son is at daycare and she's at work, uh, and maybe maybe doing intermittent like five-minute podcast uh, segments uh, as I finish each episode. So that's tomorrow's Jessica Jones Day, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but today we're going to be uh, releasing our episode for looking at uh, releases from November the 11th. Now, this I always like to have these episodes go out before new comics are available or on the same day as. So unfortunately, this is going up a little later than I would have planned originally. So this, as a result, this episode is going to be a little bit truncated, a little bit faster paced than normal, and we're just going to jump through. Uh, there's nine books we take a look at, which interestingly enough, usually I try to have an even spread between Marvel and DC. This time, 8 Marvel, 1 Image, 0 DC. Sorry, DC. Yeah, which is interesting, because DC had a lot of good releases. I just did not have a chance to read them. Uh, so the books I'm going to take a look at. First, we have All New, All Different Avengers, number 1. I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. Um, to be honest, the main story I found... I like the art by Adam Kubert. I was not super into the, uh, the actual story itself. I, I, it felt like it moved a little slowly. Um, we're still kind of assembling the team, um, the soapboxing of, of Falcon, I felt. I understand it, and I get it, but I just don't... I, I Not that I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, I read comics just for pure escapism, but there is an element of escapism in comics, and you just kind of want to read some fun stuff and when they try to bring too much reality into it sometimes it's jarring and here like i get it there's issues with you know if there was a black captain america and he was being offered girl guy cookies which girl guy would he buy from like i i guess our culture would care but i don't care um so i found that whole sequence kind of frustrating uh just because i i it felt like it was very heavy-handed Whereas when they've explored these types of ideas in uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, it feels a little bit more organic and natural. Here, I don't think it, f- it really felt appropriate. Um, and then I, even the way Tony Stark was written didn't really feel that kind of accurate to how he's portrayed in his own book. Miles Morales felt like Miles, but we don't really know what that means yet. Um, now, the backup story is where the strength of the issue lies. So the backup issue is by Mahmoud Azrar, and, our, and it's written by uh, Mark Wade as well. And this could have been an issue of either Miss Marvel or Nova. Uh, it's a great little team-up story with the two of them. Uh, there's alt- alternating narration. Um, it's fantastic. You can read my review of uh, All Little Different Avengers number one at um, SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. I'm now their reviewer for All New Old Different Avengers. So, uh, yeah, the, the backup is absolutely fantastic, really well done. I really can't wait to see what happens with these characters in the future. Um, there's so much potential there. I really, really dug it. Like, it was just so much fun. I just wish the rest of the issue was as much fun as that backup because the backup, again, was fantastic. Uh, next up is All New Wolverine number one, which. I was very pleasantly surprised by this. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's written by Tom Taylor, artwork by David Lopez and David Navarro. Um, it was kind of fast-paced, very clear, concise action. I love the um, the appearance of Wolverine in a flashback sequence, which I thought was really 
uh, really cool. I love the kind of debut of uh, Laura wearing the uh, Wolverine costume, and it actually looks awesome. Um, actually looks in some ways better than it did on Wolverine. Like it just something about I don't know I don't know what it is, but the art is just so good and it looks so awesome. Um, even Angel, I was I, I liked how Angel was used here, but. And, and, like, the weird petting moment was funny. Uh, I'm still not a fan of what they've done with Angel in terms of his wings and everything, but um, I did like the interaction between Laura and Angel, and I'm excited to kind of see what the, the end of this means. And um, I'm, I, and I don't really know what it, what it means, but I'm excited to see what happens next. And for all the issues of the old and the old different um, Marvel Now, they have that last page shot of, you know, you want to know what happens next? Don't miss, you know... Blah, 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 number two. And here, I definitely felt, yeah, I want to know what's happening next. Uh, I found I was excited and engaged. Uh, and not that I didn't think I was going to be, but I'm just not, I'm not call- counting myself as a Laura Kinney fan. So the fact that we're going to get this, I think, is actually really exciting. The fact that it made me, someone who's not really a huge fan of, of X-23, care and want to read the next issue is a feat. Uh, next up is Carnage number one. I really, really dug this. It's artwork by Mike Perkins, who recently guested on the show, as well as it's written by Jerry Conway. Uh, the art is by Perkins is fantastic, and it's a really cool story of, you know, the military trying to figure out a way to uh, lure out Carnage um, using, you know, some bait and uh, really well written, and it leads into, you know, quite a kind of not a cliffhanger, but setting up what's going to happen next in the series with. You know, an, an old abandoned mine and uh, carnage is down there and you have these military types going after them, which includes John Jameson, who's kind of our POV character for the most part, as well as Eddie Brock, um, who obviously has a, a big connection with Carnage and is now bonded to Toxin, who is, you know, Carnage's uh, offspring. Um, really enjoyed this. Um, really cool. A great concept um, where Carnage isn't really the protagonist, he's the antagonist. I think that works here. And what um, I've read in interviews and uh, heard Conway speak in other podcasts, I, he was on um, the Superior Spider Talk, sorry, the Amazing Spider Talk podcast, uh, talking about his upcoming run on Carnage. And he was talking about how he was kind of using for inspiration the Tomb of Dracula series from the 70s. And you can kind of see that inspiration where, you know, it's a, it's a group of people going after the main character. Uh, and that's very clear, and it works for Carnage, and they, they play Carnage the way he should be. Uh, he's a force of nature, he's scary, and Mike Perkins really kind of nails that scarier vibe. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I also gave Old and the Wolverine an 8 out of 10, in case I didn't say it out loud. Uh, next up is Darth Vader number 12, and um, this, this is really good. Um, uh, it sets up Vader down, which is interesting. Um, it's just... It's an extremely well-done book. Uh, Kieran Gillen and Salvador LaRocca are the creative team. They've been doing a great job. Um, Gillen really is doing a great job of kind of showing how this all works, um, how Vader would operate, and uh, he's very, you know, badass here. The artwork does a good job of capturing it as well. It sets up the Vader Down crossover, which just started this week, which, if you've read that, is fantastic. Um, so this is really, really solid uh, end of the storyline. Um, as well as setting up the next kind of phase. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10, um, just because there's a lot of good books this week. Uh, next up is Secret Wars number 7. This is more of a, you know, 7 out of 10. It still looks great. It does feel in some ways like you missed something, though. It's written by Jonathan Hickman, artwork by Yasad Ripik. Um, it feels like you missed something because it feels like a lot's happened, but I don't know if it was all kind of earned. 
But we have, you know, dissension amongst the ranks of the Thors, uh, the barons fighting the Thors. You have, uh, you know, the, the various hulks uh, getting into the battle as well. You have, you know, a lot of things happening. Now, that being said, I feel like there wasn't enough of a um, reclamation of what was happening before. Uh, in terms of like what we got at the end of the last issue isn't even addressed here at all, which is a little weird. Uh, seeing the the dead kind of pledging themselves to Black Panther is interesting. Um, it's good. I just feel like there was a little bit missing. Um, it we have two issues left. It felt like it stalled out a little. Not stalled out. That's not even the right word because it's still good. It's just not as good. Uh, you can give it a seven. Uh, next up is Southern Bastards number twelve. Um, now, I recently came into reading this book about maybe three or four months ago. I do enjoy it. Our work, um, sorry, this issue, let me just look here. I'm trying to find the creative team because there is a difference here. Because Jason Aaron, I believe, didn't even have anything to do with this issue. Um, yeah, it's written by Jason Latour and artwork by Chris Brunner. Um, so I wasn't as big a fan of this. Um, part of that's because I thought the artistic style change was jarring for me because there's just such a clear consistent look of the book typically and it didn't feel like it was a jason aaron book and it isn't um it had its moments but um i don't know it, it felt like it kind of missed a step it, it didn't quite work for me in the same way um it was okay it's just you know the art changed the, the very big style change in the writing as well i'm gonna give it a five out of ten it just kind of not that it messed with the flow, but it definitely felt like it took me out of the flow of where the book had been going. And I don't think it was as engaging either. Uh, next up is Spider-Gwen number two, which remains an enjoyable book. I still really enjoy it. The well, I guess technically it's the radioactive Spider-Gwen, but according to previews and, and Diamond, it's just Spider-Gwen. Um, so I dug this. It's written by Jason Latour. I work by Robbie Rodriguez. Um, what I really liked about this issue is seeing the origin of this uh, this version of Captain America, which is really cool, as they kind of fight against the lizard. Um, obviously, this was more focused on the superheroics, as well as what's going on around with um, George, uh, Stacy, and Ben Parker, um, which those sequences I found, eh, it was okay, but not great. Um, but the superhero stuff was good, but again, a big part of what people have liked about this book has been, you know, its take on Gwen herself, and so we get a little bit less of Gwen as a as a civilian, so to speak. Uh, but I did like the kind of the the way that this reality is being differentiated, and now we're getting another superhero, and it was cool. Um, so I, overall, I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. It just wasn't quite as strong as previous issues have been. Still had moments of enjoy uh, that were quite enjoyable, though. Uh, next up is Spider-Man 2099, number three, uh, Fighting Crime Before His Time. It's written by Peter David, artwork by Will Sliney, who was recently on the show for episode 320, so you can go back and download that if you want to hear uh, his take on uh, his art and his process, etc. Um, an interesting issue, just because the villain is is very specifically written. Like, and I thought it was kind of the, the way that the, um, the villain was written. I mean, it's basically just an extended action sequence. But the reason why it's enjoyable is because it's such an offbeat villain uh, and written in such an odd way. Um, Kronos, so Kronos gets beaten up pretty badly by uh, Spider-Man here. And uh, that's kind of the big thing, is that we're seeing Miguel get darker and darker. And at the very end, we know that uh, Tempest is actually still alive. So that's, that's a big deal. Is the child still alive? That we don't know. But... Um, the fact that uh, she's alive here is the big kind of ending. At least uh, means that she's not actually fridged. I mean, she's like half in the fridge, 
but she's not totally fridged. Um, I'm going to give it a, a 7 out of 10. It was an, uh, Actually, no, I'm going to give it an 8. It was a very enjoyable issue. Uh, I like the cliffhanger. Not cliffhanger, but just the big reveal that Tempest is still alive. Um, and the fight sequence was enjoyable. Uh, a lot of characterization in that fight sequence. And last but not least is Uncanny Avengers number 2. Um, so, looks like... Uh, you know, Cable's going to be in this book, and that part's interesting, uh, that he's going to go back in time. I, I don't even know what Cable is these days. Like, it's hard to know, like, what, like, where is he? Like, I didn't read the most recent X-Force book and everything, so I don't even know what his current continuity even looks like. That character just feels like a continuity minefield. There was a certain, a few moments where they just kind of went hog wild, crazy, taking away. Like, he had, he was fine when he was on in the, um, the book by Fabian Nicieza, uh, when he was writing uh, Cable Deadpool, that was fine. Um, and then ever since then, like he died, but then he wasn't dead because he came back for his eye complex, and then he kind of aged, and then he really didn't have any powers, and then he came back, and then he something happened at the end of Second Coming, and then he came back again, and and um, the uh, I can't even remember the name of it, but that was that that book that was the Avengers X Men book that was before AVX actually happened. Uh, so I just don't even know what, where his continuity is. Uh, that being said, the rest of the issue, the villain is okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like the issue in general, and I like the artwork by um, Ryan Stegman. There's something missing here, and for the life of me, I can't tell you what it is. Uh, and I don't know what it is. And just when I read it, it doesn't quite make me as excited for it as I want to be. And I don't know why. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. It's a good issue artistically, and, and you know, the script is good. Um, it's just, it, it somehow manages to, to not make me fully excited, and I do not know why that is yet. I wish I knew why I'm not more excited by this book. Uh, now, there's a ton of books I didn't get a chance to read that came out on November the 11th. Some of the, uh, the highlights include the Batman 46, a new issue of Batman and Robin Eternal, uh, Batman Superman, uh, Justice League Dark Side War Green Lantern, Justice League Dark Side War Shazam, uh, Red Hood and Arsenal, uh, new issue of Starfire, the launch of Superman American Alien, um, Back to the Future number two, uh, Onu Hawkeye number one, Chewbacca number three, Illuminati number one, uh, the end of Infinity Gauntlet, I believe the end of Squadron Sinister, I believe the end of Thor's, uh, the first issue of Ultimates number one, and Web Warriors number one. So that's a lot, unfortunately, I have to go back and read. My uh, to-read stack is getting huge. Uh, looking at releases for the following week, which is really yesterday, so that's the 18th of November. Um, some of the highlights coming out on the 18th of November include from DC Comics, uh, new show of Action Comics, uh, trade paperback-wise, there's Batman and Robin, hardcover volume 7, Robin Rises, as well as the trade paperback for volume 6, The Hunt for Robin. Uh, there's Batman Europa, number 1, with Jim Lee Art, Batman the Golden Age Omnibus, hardcover volume 1, Catwoman, a celebration of 75 years, hardcover, uh, DC Comics book and DVD Blu-ray slipcase set, that's, uh, don't even know what the price is, because it says, please inquire. Uh, new issues of Dr. Fate, Doomed, Earth 2 Society, uh, and Green Lantern and the Lost Army. Um, is that the last issue of Lost Army? It might be. There's the uh, Superman Earth 1 trade paperback volume 3, the Superman uh, Woman, Wonder Woman hardcover volume 3, Casualties of War, as well as the second trade paperback, War and Peace, and the Swamp Thing Darker Genesis trade paperback, as well as uh, second issues of Telos and Titan's Hunt. Uh, if we look at IDW, uh, we've got uh, Gem and the Holograms number 9, 
My Little Pony Adventures in Friendship hardcover number volume four, uh, Star Trek Green Lantern number five, Ragnarok hardcover volume one, Last God Standing, as well as Transformers 47. Uh, over at uh, Image, uh, there's Shudder number 17, uh, Hawk number one, uh, and then over at Marvel, we have All New X-Men Volume 6, Trade Paperback Ultimate Adventure, A-Force Trade Paperback War Zones Volume 0, Black Knight Number 1, Astonishing Ant-Man Number 2, Captain America Sam Wilson Number 3, Captain Marvel and Carol Corps Number 2, uh, the second issue of Deadpool and Extraordinary X-Men, there's the Guardians of the Galaxy Trade Paperback Volume 4 Original Sin, Guardians of Nowhere Trade Paperback, Korvok Saga War Zones Trade Paperback, uh, new issue of Kanan, a uh, new issue of Mighty Thor, uh, sorry, the launch of Mighty Thor, launch of Miss Marvel, which is fantastic. I'll talk about it next week. Uh, Miss Marvel, Volume 4, Trade Paperback, Last Days. Uh, new issue of New Avengers. There's the Secret Wars 2099, Trade Paperback. Uh, Silver Surfer, Epic Collection, Trade Paperback, Freak Called Freedom. Uh, the launch of Spider-Woman, a new issue of Star Wars. There's the Star Wars Trade Paperback, Journey to Star Wars Force Awakens, Shattered Empire. Uh, new issue, or sorry, launch of Star Wars Vader Down. That's the one-shot. Uh, for some reason, we're already getting an Uncanny Avengers annual, uh, number one, and then we're getting a launch of Star-Lord as well as Uncanny Inhumans, number two. So that's everything coming out this uh, coming week. So, so there's some pretty good stuff in there uh, that you can give a shot, and uh, we will talk about it next week uh, on our next uh, reviews episode, which will be episode 323, probably coming up on the 23rd of November, which... Uh, if that works out, is nice for numbering because I'm a, I'm a nerd that way. Anyways, thanks for joining us for this episode. Our next episode will be episode 322, which is our conversation with Danny Fingeroth. Uh, the volume is a little all over the place in that episode, but it is a good episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, so thanks again for joining me today. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Uh, I've been remiss in actually getting back to people on Facebook. I did not realize people had been... I thought my phone was hooked up to get emails from my Comic Shenanigans email address as well as um, notifications to the Facebook page. Apparently that was not the case, uh, but I thought it was, and so I was uh, really delayed in actually getting back to some people, so my apologies on that. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like and rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes and also listen to us on Stitcher. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.